earlier you heard the gospel reading, and it was just as I walked in, but I think I heard Jonathan say it was kind of a unique parable, uh, kind of different, and that's what I'm going to talk about today, not, well, partly the difference, but about that parable, this parable of the manager. In the older versions of the Bible, he was called a steward, and some of you who are a little older probably remember hearing about stewardship all the time, and that came from that word steward, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but we're going to talk about that parable mostly, and then about what Jesus said towards the end. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Uh, again, you might remember that some of the older versions said, serve God and mammon, which nobody knew what that meant. Uh, but mammon is more than money. It's wealth. It's possessions. We could even say it is uh, serving the world. Or very simply, as we saw in the parable, the manager in the parable is really serving himself instead of his boss. So, on the basis of these words of Scripture and in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave his all for us, my sisters and brothers in faith. So today is the end of our series on following Jesus financially. It is also the end, the last Sunday, of the current church year. And this parable that is in front of us is really appropriate for both of those endings, the ending of our series on finances and the end of the church year. But even more importantly, though you may not have recognized it when Jonathan read this to you earlier, that parable parallels our lives. And I hope to show you how. The parable is about a steward. I really like that word better, but what the word steward means is a manager. Specifically, someone who manages the property and wealth of someone else. It's not like you managing your own business or managing your household affairs. It's a steward is someone who manages someone else's property, someone else's goods. I'm going to talk about this steward in the parable throughout the sermon, 
And I don't want to keep saying the steward in the parable. So I decided I should give him a name. And when I bounced that idea off my wife, she said, you better be very careful whose name you pick, because you're likely to offend someone. So I decided that the safest thing would be to give him my name. With all apologies to any other Toms out there, we're going to call the steward in the story Tom. Tom was a steward. Tom was in charge of a wealthy man's property and possessions. Each one of us is a steward. Each one of us has been given property, wealth, brains, talents, all sorts of things from our boss, from God. We are his stewards. In the parable, we're told that Tom messed up. Some Bibles refer to this as the parable of the dishonest manager. Now, we don't know exactly what Tom did. But we know that he did something wrong. Commentators, Bible scholars, are divided about whether what he did was done purposely or inadvertently. Some of them go to great lengths to try to explain what he must have done and even explain what he did subsequently with the master's debtors. Some even try to excuse what he has done. Can you identify? We all mess up. And a lot of times we try to justify what we've done, make excuses for what we've done, maybe blame others for what we have done. St. Paul says in Romans chapter 3, all have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us has messed up. Some years ago, a good friend asked me, what are you going to preach on this Sunday? I said, oh, I'm going to preach on sin." And I'm going to use you as my example. Now, I meant it to be humorous. But the reality is, each one of us would be, sadly, a good example of sin. In the parable, the boss finds out what Tom has done and calls him in. 
there's going to be a day of reckoning for Tom because of his behavior. By now, I'm sure you can see the parallels. Our boss knows what we've done wrong, too. God knows all that we have done. And there's going to be a day of reckoning. In fact, this last Sunday of the church year reminds us that all things come to an end. And at the end, there's a day of reckoning. We often call that day Judgment Day. It sounds ominous and even frightening. And that's how Tom must have felt when he got called in by the boss. He panics. He says, what am I going to do? I'm too weak to do manual labor. And I'd be too ashamed to beg. And so he uses what I'd like to call his street smarts and hatches his plan where he calls the debtors in and lowers all of their bills so that he's ingratiating himself to them. And he hopes that when he gets fired, they'll take care of him. Well, from the reading, it's pretty sure that he gets fired. And yet, Jesus tells us that the boss commends him. It says he commends him for his shrewdness. You know that word shrewd? It sounds kind of negative, doesn't it? It's not a negative word at all. It means practical intelligence. It means to be clever, to be sharp, to use your head, to have street smarts. And then Jesus tells us, that we should learn a lesson from Tom. Well, he certainly doesn't mean be dishonest. What does he mean? Well, as he goes on, he kind of explains what he means. He wants us to use the gifts that God has given us, whether it's intelligence or wealth or whatever it may be, and use it wisely. Use it wisely to serve our master, to serve God. Many times we talk about that as our time, our talents, our treasures. Whatever it may be that God has given us, he wants us to use that. Use it how? To serve him. And how do we serve God? By serving others. By helping others. And above all, Jesus says, make friends for yourself. I think that's a good description of what we do as mission, missionaries, evangelism. 
the best way to talk to somebody about their, your faith and to share your faith is to get to know them, to let them be your friend. I often say it's not walking up to somebody and beating them over the head with the Bible. St. Paul talks about that in his letter to Timothy. He's got his young friend Timothy, and in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he says, God desires that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And how do we help facilitate that? He gives us two suggestions as he writes to Timothy. He says, first of all, pray. Pray for everybody. Pray especially for those people that you want to bring closer to Jesus. Pray. And then the second thing he says is, lead a godly life. We might say, practice what you preach. Live as a child of God. Be an example of how you behave and how you live of how to follow God. That's what it means to be a steward. To look to him and live for him with the gifts that he's given you. Now, I said that the parable and our lives parallel each other. We are stewards, we mess up, and there's going to be a day of reckoning. And then the stories differ. Because as I said, we know that Tom gets fired. And we don't know how he fares. We don't know what happens after that. Did his little scheme to ingratiate himself with others work? Or didn't it? We're not told. We're left in the dark. But that's where our story is different. Because we know how our story ends. We know who is the light. And you might say, we've seen that light. You see, the last Sunday of the church here is called the Sunday of Christ the King. And it is he, the scripture tells us, that will come again on that day of reckoning, on judgment day. He is going to be our judge. He, the one who became one of us, who lived on this earth for us, who suffered and died for us, who gave his life that we might have life, he's going to be our judge. And when he comes, he'll recognize you. It's always interesting to me that there are 
Christian people who are still frightened by that day. I mean, if it is what we picture so often, that here is a judge sitting on a throne behind a desk and he calls you to account for yourself, and you think, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? All you need is one word. Jesus. And he's the judge. And he knows you and you know him. And he's taken all of those sins, all of those times you messed up, all of those times you weren't a good steward, no matter what you've done, he's taken them all on himself and forgiven you completely. There's nothing to fear. Our judge is the one who died for us, who gave his life just for you. The sad thing is that some people take that knowledge and go out and live like they don't even know who Jesus is. No, our response to what he's done for us, our thankfulness, is to live more like his children, to strive every day to be a better steward for God. Knowing, of course, that we're going to mess up. It happens to all of us but living in the confidence that all of our sins are forgiven and that he never tires of forgiving us and giving us another chance, another opportunity. Live in the assurance and the confidence that the one who died for you is also the one who will come on the day of reckoning. Not to punish, but to take you home with him. In Jesus' name, amen.